Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I get it. I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This is the main event Marks Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Wolfie D to my JC Ice. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? Uh, He's got that heavy, heavy smoker voice, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't he Slash or whatever the hell in TNA? Uh, Maybe I don't. Wait, was part of that? I didn't know he was. Wait, was he part of the New Church? You remember? If that was him, Uh, I don't remember it. I mean, I remember that. If that was him, I never knew that was him. Okay, Wolfie D. I'll believe. Yeah, he was. Yep, Slash. That was his name. Okay. I I don't know how we got away with Slash, that. Man, doesn't like actual Slash have that name on lockdown? <laughs> That's what I think. I mean, he's a member of Guns N' Roses, so the, you know they're super stingy about their IP. So, uh, but either way, uh, thank God we're not going to talk too much more about those guys uh, on this podcast. But we are going back to the year 1997, one of our favorite years in history, to talk about in your house 14 Revenge of the Taker. And this is another in your house where the guy uh, that the show is named after is not actually closing the show. Well, hold on now. To be fair, they explain that. I know. Yeah. They they explain it in the show and it it makes sense. But at the same time, it's just funny. It's like, 
All right. Because uh, Rock Bottom, did, did The Rock close the show with that one? I forget. No. As a matter of fact, the same yeah. guy who closes this show closed that show. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, so there you go. Rock Bottom, Rock doesn't close. It, uh, it's time. Vader's not even on the card. You were a dog, though. That one was the main event. So there's that. It happens. Which one was it? You were a dog. Oh, yeah. There was that one. And that, well, uh, I mean, if you watch it on Peacock. Better Enemies. Yeah, well, if you, if you watch Peacock, that match does not close the show. Because remember, uh, like, the power came on just in time for that match. Yeah. And then they uh, redid the rest of the card. And they act like. So so the main event's, like, in the uh, middle of the card, yeah. basically. Also, I believe now in the archives. Yeah. Yeah. Beware of dog. Okay. The night the light went. Uh, the night the lights went out. Uh, we've done quite a few in your house. That shows. sounds like ECW show. The night the lights went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I always liked the night the line was crossed again. <laughs> well, it's better than Seinfeld, dude. It's like that. Oh God. Yeah. They 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 you know expert naming on their shows, man. Good Lord. Dude, they had a uh, show called Wrestlepalooza, okay? I mean, right there should tell you. Hey, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to, hey, we're covering that show coming up. Uh, oh, I know. I'm, I'm all caught up, so, or almost. And <laughs> it's fresh on my mind as a recording of this, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm thanking uh, but, you for crap. <laughs> well, we've actually got a well, lot of watch that, but more on that later. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, we've actually got a lot of news and notes to get into today, so we're going to take uh, our time to let you know that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great-tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code, Main Event Marks. That is all one word to get 15% off your order. It's Main Event Marks, all one word for 15% off your order. But now that we're done with that, we're going to take our first break. When we come back on the other side of this, plenty of news and notes from April of 97. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's Main Event Marks dot redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a some people were made to follow the instructions we were made to make our own to always measure twice and never cut corners 
Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. This story right here, man, with the news and notes. Uh, Ooh, hold on. I got to prepare myself because anyone who listens to this show knows that this is usually good stuff. <laughs> I had to put this one as the headline story, and there's a lot to get into here. But yeah, they gotta, let me take a sip of this water here. I got to get prepared for this because I got a feeling I'm either going to laugh or cry or both. Let's see. Uh, a little bit of both. All right. Uh, it all By the way, out okay. Guys, water. I want to sponsor us. I love your stuff. Right. Uh, <laughs> This one is uh, the guy in the story is passed away, but that's not what the story is about. He didn't pass away here. Um, he actually just went into the Hall of Fame. So uh, around this time, Vader got himself into some trouble in Kuwait in a situation <laughs> very similar to the 1984 incident where wrestler David Schultz slapped reporter John Stossel, who came off in uh, Dark Side of the Ring like a complete douche, by the way. Just want to point that out. They're going to be like, you know, I kind of deserve that. Yeah, right. It's like, I kind of want to slap you right now. Uh, that must Vader... piss me off. <laughs> wow. Uh, Vader was appearing on a TV show called Good Morning Kuwait alongside The Undertaker. When he got into an altercation with the host, Vader and The Undertaker were appearing on the live morning show and had been told in advance what the questions would be, including being asked if wrestling was fake. The producer of the show told the wrestlers to ham it up when asked if wrestling was fake. Undertaker gave the usual answer of, you know, it's all entertainment, but with real athletes and real injuries, etc. Then Vader chimed in uh, uh, and grabbed the host by the tie and went on a tirade about how the question was bullshit before roughing up the terrified host. Police were called immediately, and Vader was arrested for assault and lascivious conduct, I think is how you pronounce that, uh, because it's illegal to swear on TV in Kuwait. Vader was immediately well, placed. Have standards there. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not even going to get into it, but yeah. <laughs> Vader was immediately placed under house arrest at the hotel 
after uh, the incident on April 11th and remained there until April 22nd, where he had a court hearing and was released to return to the U.S. There was another incident with Vader in Kuwait at the hotel while he was being detained on April 21st. This is ahead of this show here. Uh, No word on what it was, but it led to 20 police officers, several U.S. embassy officials, and Vader's lawyer all having to calm him down. Vader also reportedly had an incident with a flight attendant on the original flight to Kuwait as well. So, you know, all in all, good trip for Vader. Okay, I want to start by saying um, I didn't write which match it was, but during this show that we're reviewing, they actually mention it on commentary about him being locked up in Kuwait. Vince McMahon says it. Yeah, so certainly, certainly there's legal troubles in Kuwait or something like that. And I was like, wow, they mentioned it. Because I forgot it even happened. And then they mentioned it, and it all came rushing That's... back to me. Yeah. I think it was during the opening tag match, I want to say. Yeah, it was, because he was aligned with those two. No, was he? No, he wasn't with yeah, that. Camp Cornette. Was Camp or... Cornette a thing? No, that was 96. Mm. Oh, yeah. They, I, think I think they're they... broken up. Yeah. So I don't, I don't right. remember. But... Baby face here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I, I think Jim Cornette said that the incident where everybody had to be called to the hotel room to calm him down, I think he said he was just um, – he was basically having panic attacks because he was stuck in a damn hotel room under arrest, basically. So he was, like, calling people. And, and, and not to disparage the country, but it was not even in America. It was in Kuwait. It wasn't even, it wasn't even at home. It's an important note. Yeah. Like you said, you know, nice to know they have, you know, certain standards on on their television programs over there. You know, uh, <laughs> <sighs> there's – there's a lot to be said there that I'm going to leave alone. But, you know, Vader got off easy, I'll say, for being detained over in uh, Kuwait. But uh, I think that probably had something to do with they knew it would not go over well if uh, anything bad happened to him just for swearing on TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that might uh, have turned into an international incident. This reminds me of... Which he, uh, paper you headline, by the way. <laughs> Prior to right, wow, I forgot about that. This just kind of reminds me of the uh, the Scott Norton thing over in uh, uh, North oh, Korea. Yeah, yeah, Th- that was uh, something. But that was might have been worse though, because they were literally um, listening in on his conversation on a telephone. You know, this was on national TV at least. Yeah, right. That was that. That sucked for Scott though. He said he was freaking scared crapless, which it, I would have been. Hell, if I was Vader, I would have been scared crapless. So I. Vader's a large man, too. That's telling. (laughs) Yeah, right. (sighs) That's just crazy. I I love how that's a forgotten thing in the annals of wrestling time. And they talk about the John Stossel thing. And they don't ever mention this. And it's right up there with it, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Poor guy, though. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I'd have been freaking the hell out. It's like, let me out of here. I don't really blame him for having a panic attack. Here's uh, something a little less uh, important than uh, go down as more of a laughable footnote. Tiger Ali Singh, the son of Tiger Chief <laughs> yeah, Singh. Okay. You got me already. Son of legendary wrestler Tiger <laughs> Chief Singh debuted on WWF's Kuwait tour and won the Kuwaiti Cup tournament. However, the prestigious where did... Kuwaiti Cup. Oh, yeah, right? Right up there Isn't with that's right up there with that, uh, you know, winning the greatest Royal Rumble and all that, that gigantic, like comically gigantic trophy. Uh, however, word is that uh, word is that he was really green and out of shape. 
So despite getting a huge push on the tour, WWF has no plans to use him in the U.S. right now. Yeah, I don't think he popped up until, what, 98? No. Yeah, 98. That's when he did the whole thing with Babu and doing the Million Dollar Man thing where he said pay people to do stupid stuff. I'll say this. The gimmick wasn't horrible. Uh, He was, but the gimmick was presentable. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about all I can say about Tiger Ali saying he wasn't good. Nobody gave crap about him. He did nothing of any note. Uh, well, you know, he got bumped from well, his guys got bumped from a Royal Rumble for Drew Carey. So Drew Curry. One of our most listened to episodes, actually. Thank you for that. Uh, I will say that was, uh, I'm proud of that one because that was my choice. So I can take credit for that. Yeah, right. Yeah, you booked that. He booked it, pal. (laughs) Sid reportedly has a herniated disc in his back from a weightlifting injury, but there's a lot of skepticism. For one, it's Sid, and well, it's softball season. Oh, good lord. (laughs) And secondly, there's a lot of concern about people following the Shawn Michaels lead, a.k.a. faking an injury so they don't have to put over Bret Hart. Uh, Sid was scheduled to put over Hart at the upcoming pay-per-view, but the match has been changed to Hart versus Austin in a rematch. Look, what we got was better. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah, I, and you and I have said we're fans of Sid, but uh, he's never put on a five-star classic. All right, it's just nah. And I will say, out of the uh, Hart versus Austin matches that I've seen, this is the weakest of the three, but it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. So. I I don't disagree, but at the same time, it was not a match. It was a brawl. Oh, and more well, yeah. on that later. We'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I gonna... factor that heavily into my rating. Just so you know. Yeah, if we're going to categorize by that, then yeah. Uh, as for the poor buy rate at WrestleMania 13, WWF officials are blaming it on the Shawn Michaels quote unquote injury. Basically, they had spent about a year slowly building up the heart, Michaels heart rematch. And then a month before the show. Michaels lost his smile and went home, leaving the company scrambling without the marquee match that they had built up to. Okay. When do they really build to that? I want to know. Uh, it was like, that. when was that like really slow? Built to? I feel like it was slowly, it was like a simmering kind of. No, see, I, I highly disagree with that because, like, Brett came back in 96 at Samari Series, Russell Austin. And then they kind of, him and Michaels kind of had like a little tussle at its time. But then Brett and Austin had the thing in the Rumble, and then and then it was uh, Brett and who was it? Ninety seven was it uh, the February pay per view? Oh, it was the Final Four. Michaels wasn't in that either. I uh, just when was this ever a thing? I think uh, uh, because I, I believe what's uh, Pr- Bruce Pritchard actually said that was totally what they were building towards. And I mean, I have no, I, I have no doubt that's what their idea was, but there was no built to that whatsoever. Watching this, you wouldn't have gotten the feeling that that was the match at WrestleMania 13. I think that was everybody's just like in their mind. Like, and I'm not disagreeing with what you said at all. Um, I think it was just everybody was like, well, I mean, it's got to be a rematch, right? I mean, you know. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it should have been. But like, there was no hint at that whatsoever. So unless they're flat out being yeah. like, you know what? This is this is it. We're saying this is what it is. We don't need to I build. Mean, did their paths cross? Like I said, only at uh, its time. I believe Michaels was on commentary and they got into a tussle. And that was about it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I would have to go back and watch all the build-up to WrestleMania 3 because I don't, I don't remember personally. But I don't know. 
I just, like I said, I think, don't quote me on that because it's been a while since I listened to anything Pritchard had to say on the matter, but I think he did say that that was what they were going with and what they were building towards all year to get them right. to and the I, same I'm point. not, I'm not going to deny it. It's clearly what they were doing, but there was no build to that whatsoever. By going into the year, you would think that the big blow-off match for Hart was him as champion against Austin. That's what it looked like it was going to be. Yeah. And then they pivot to Sid. <laughs> right. So, uh, Well, speaking of Bret Hart, at a TV conference in Canada, some filmmakers were shopping around plans for a documentary about Bret Hart. This would, of course, become Wrestling with Shadows. How's that going to turn out? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, actually, it turned out damn well for the filmmakers. <laughs> they got more than they bargained for. Uh, WWF has had discussions with UFC fighters Don Fry and Scott Ferrazzo, but they've led nowhere. People don't know yeah. who Don Fry is. He's got like the second best mustache in the history of the world behind Tom Selleck. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I've seen and maybe, some people... maybe third next to my name is Earl. I don't know. He's up there. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> I've seen some people can actually confuse him in pictures, and, and they don't look that similar. Okay, there are a few similarities, but people have compared him and Dan Severn. I think it's just the mustache because they really don't look alike. Yeah, and you can put Big Scott Hall in there too from AWA. Oh, good lord! Yeah, right. <laughs> because that was happening too. <laughs> Damn straight, and he had the mullet, so he was yeah, all right. the way white. <laughs> Uh, oh, Don man, F- Latin as can be, but he was all the way <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, Don, oh, man. Don Fry did get into, I think he did get into uh, wrestling over in Japan a little bit, but I think it was yeah, like I the... A, I think he had a half a star classic with uh, Bob Sapp. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, I think he did the, uh, the mixture of wrestling and shoot fighting kind of deals. Like yeah, he kind of started, started for people who don't know. It's kind of what Josh Barnett made famous. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. the Bloodsport type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, I think he was in Pride for a while, I want to say. Probably was. I don't know. Yeah. I have no. Yeah, because I remember seeing him with the blue gloves. I just figured that was Pride. Uh, I have no idea who Scott Ferrazzo is, by the way. Do you? I don't either. Okay. Anybody out there, you, know, you watch. He was a big name back in 97, and we had Clearly. no freaking clue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait for the, oh, you idiots. You don't know who Scott Ferrazzo is. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's a pitcher for the, the Blue Jays. No one. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one's kind of the bleed-over story from one uh, federation to another, but the Meishinoku Pro wrestlers who wrestled at the ECW pay-per-view had a meeting scheduled with WWF this week in Connecticut. I wonder where that would go. <laughs> uh, yeah, about a couple months away, I think. Indeed. <laughs> uh, for anybody that doesn't get it, that's uh, kind of tie. How do you not get that? <laughs> well, I mean, we could have younger listeners on the show that have no I idea suppose. what the hell's going on. Yeah. If think about this, man. Uh, people who were born in 2004 or 18 now, that's nuts. It's like, like they weren't yeah. even born when, you know, like, can you just shut the move on? Cause you're aging me right now and I don't appreciate it. So let's go. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Well, it's, uh, some, since some big stuff happened here this week. Uh, we got to get into it. <clears throat> this week in ECW. 
if I may have another one. Uh, ECW's first ever pay-per-view, Barely Legal, is in the books. 53-year-old Terry Funk stole the show with a great performance and history-making title win. Uh, My horse says, wasn't sick so I could wrestle. Yeah, right. But your mother stole a whore. <laughs> uh, <Wow. laughs> uh, Uncle Dave said that uh, the show wasn't perfect, but it has to be considered a major success by ECW. It's believed that the show is probably a money loser financially due to it not being carried by one of the two major carriers as well as smaller carriers. Paul Heyman was telling people before the show that it probably wouldn't make any money and that the goal was to just put on the best show possible and hope that the other carriers would get on board with the second pay-per-view in the future. Heyman has meetings lined up with Viewer's Choice and Cablevision, both of whom did not carry this show but may carry future events. ECW announced a second pay-per-view in August, which they said would take place in a larger venue in a new city. Uh, One final note, literally only 24 seconds after the show went off the air, the generator blew and all the power for the television cameras went out. If it had happened just minutes earlier, it would have destroyed the end of the (laughs) pay-per-view. You know, because they didn't do (sighs) enough of that on their own. Right. So I believe the company's not carrying this, and I'm going off the ECW documentary. Was because of the mass transit incidents. Uh, that was one of the major. Yeah. yeah, I I think just in general, they weren't down with the ECW product, which you know, I mean, can you blame them? Yeah, no, hell, so, I can't blame. It, them. Yeah, so yeah, the mass transit incident was a big uh, a big thing, and anything involving New Jack, they're like, whoa. Which you know, again, can you blame them? To my knowledge, New Jack wasn't even on this pay-per-view. I don't think he was. No, but I, uh, I don't think so. But you know, he's he was for the company, so I, I think it was just the fact that you know it's like ah, you employ him, you know, kind of deal. But either way, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember anything from the show, like, majorly. But wasn't this like a, a triple threat to close the show? Like, yeah, Douglas, it was, uh, Raven was it Raven? Uh, oh, Funk and I think it was Steve Richards, right? I thought it was Shane Douglas, Sabu, and uh, um, Terry Funk. Yeah, I thought it was Raven. Man, I gotta look up ECW now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ECW barely legal, they only had one barely legal. Is that wow? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I thought they had more than that, but okay, well. The uh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The main event was just well, it I'm, it was a three way dance that led into a one on one. That's why we were confused. OK, it was Terry Funk, Sam Man and Stevie Richards. Terry Funk won. Oh, Sam Man. OK, so you're both wrong. OK, yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then Funk took on Raven one on one and won. Uh, Taz took on Sabu. So, oh, the um, only match on this card was good. Yeah, Believe it or not. Shane Doug- and Shane Douglas took on Pitbull number two. So, yeah. Uh, I, RVD took on Lance Storm. I know that match was good. But. It was good, but I think RVD was like legit pissed because it wasn't advertised. He was a last minute fill-in, something like that. Yeah, oh, this was that card? Yeah, okay. Yeah. The Eliminators versus the Dudleys. I think that was a six-minute match that I think like went all over the damn building. You know, I know, shocker. Ah, man, this was just a typical, like, I mean, yeah, it was ECW, so it all sucked. But this is just a typical, like, ugh, gosh. 
I'm, I'm, you know, anybody out there likes ECW, whatever. We have a mutual friend who will vehemently disagree with us, but yeah. Because I told him before, I said, dude, ECW's trash. He's like, I enjoyed it. And I'm like, that's fine. I, you know, whatever. Nobody's opinion is wrong. Everybody likes what they like. I just, you and I, yuck. We, nah. There were a uh, few speak- accidentally good matches. Like, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, they, they did have some. I'm not saying top to bottom, the whole thing sucked. I'm saying most of it sucked. Oh, well, there were a lot of pay-per-views that top to bottom sucked. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I think we've reviewed a few in the archives. Uh, no, but, let me just give a quick preview of uh, next month. There may be one coming up. But, oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. So uh, We were talking about MMA guys earlier, and I actually mentioned this guy here. Uh, Dan Severn was backstage at the ECW pay-per-view and talked with Paul Heyman about possibly coming in, likely to work an angle with Taz, uh, given that Severn is the NWA champion and considering ECW's history with the NWA, you can imagine how well that would go over with them. Uh, I don't understand what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In fact, Severn was asked to drop the NWA title to Dory Funk the night before the ECW show, but he refused because they asked him the last minute. hundred year old Dory Funk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, NWA is reportedly anxious to get the title off of him since there are rumors of him going to either ECW or WWF. Flash forward, he went to the WWF like a smart man. And held the title on WTV too. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> Lord. Um, I just, yeah. I, I just love how like, um, you know, they bring him. The first thing I think is Taz. So, okay, I would have been on board with that. Yeah, I mean that would have been uh, entertaining to watch. I guess maybe I don't know. Could have been bad. I I I really I don't freaking know. But I'm assuming it would be decent. Either way, uh, yeah, I I can't imagine Dan effing Severn in <laughs> ECW. I accidentally killed him. He was shooting on. Yeah. Right. A few weeks back, Paul Heyman held a meeting with the ECW locker room, telling them that if anyone went to WCW's Nitro when it came to Philadelphia, to never speak to him again because that person would be dead to Heyman. You and I <laughs> talked about that in the archives. Uh, now in the archives, I can't. Which show was it that we just covered? I think it has to be Spring Stampede, right? Just... Yeah, Spring Stampede. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go check that out, everybody. But anyway. Uh, Well, the only ECW person who went to Nitro was Bill Alfonso, so read into that what you may. Alfonso later denies that he was was ever there. I didn't hear a whistle that night, so... Yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't believe it. I... I mean, I I don't think he left ECW around this time, did he? Oh, and he was there till the... He was on the very last show, wasn't he? RVD? I think so. He might not have been, actually. I think he might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, because he was a ref in WCW way before this. So, Speaking of referees and jumping to the other show, though, WCW referee Nick Patrick, Dean Malenko, Rocco Rock, and one of, one of the members of Harlem Heat, Uncle Dave doesn't say who, uh, showed up at the ECW arena about half an hour before the pay-per-view started. Uh, and they were in town for uh, Nitro the next day, so that's why they were there. Then it just they weren't just randomly in Philadelphia. Uh, many in the ECW dressing room were ready to go out and start a fight with them, because of course they were. Uh, but Heyman calmed everyone down. After the pay-per-view ended, Kevin Sullivan, Hugh Morris, and Dave Penzer 
also showed up to hang out and were cordial with everyone. A rogues gallery, huh? <laughs> yep. Oh, come on, man. Can't we all just get along? Brother's got a hug. <laughs> ah, yeah. So you got Nick Patrick, Dean Malenko, Rocco Rock, a member of the Harlem Heat. I'm going to just assume it was Stevie Ray. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin Sullivan, Hugh Morris, and David Pinzer. <laughs> what the hell, man? I'm going to reiterate what I just said. Rogue's Gallery right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> a who's who. And I mean that literally. Who's who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Dean Malenko and Rocco Rock used to work there. Uh, so, I mean, I could see them showing up. I don't know what the hell Nick Patrick, Stevie Ray, and Kevin Sullivan, and Hugh Morris, and David Pinzer were there for. Clearly weren't looking for work. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to see the show. But I just like that, where it's like, oh, well, the ECW locker room was ready to go start a fight with them. Like, of course they were. Because they're yeah, piece of garbage. Doesn't show you the uh, clientele they keep there at all. Yeah, right. Oh, we got uh, we got people from WCW here. Let's fight them. And I'm not saying everybody in the locker room, okay? I'm sure it was like a handful of people, and we can probably pick them out of a lineup. But I'm just going to let that. I'm end. not going to name names. We we know. the. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Nitro in Philadelphia the night after the ECW pay-per-view drew the second largest crowd, uh, 16,256 and gate, uh, I'll just say south of $220,000 in WCW history and set an all-time merchandise record as well, 143,000. Uh, the Nitro scheduled for June in Boston is expected to break all of those records also with early ticket sales already doing huge numbers. Yeah, WCW oh, was man, on fire at this time. Booming, man. Damn straight they were. I mean, can't uh, can't deny that. I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, for this one, uh, nothing came about of this yet, because I was like, what year is this? Uh, former ECW valet Kimono Wanalea debuted in WCW in a dark match at the Nitro tapings. The match will be aired later on one of the syndicated syndicated weekly shows, she was a manager of a jobber tag team called The Extreme. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, this must have First been a one-off appearance. appearance. Yeah, this had to have been a one-off because, uh, yeah, she didn't show up until 99, right? I think it was right around Starcade 99, something like that. Yeah, so she wasn't there long. She she joined, uh, oh, she came in with uh, the varsity club, right? Yeah, the new varsity club. You know, because if you're gonna if you're gonna give a um a reboot to a faction, you know that's right up there with the Dungeon of Doom, man. <laughs> you're not lying. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, uh, both of which had kept Rick Snyder didn't even have the smiley thing on his hand, by the way. So I called blasphemy on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, NFL Hall of Famer Reggie White has signed on to appear at WCW Slamboree next month to face Steve Mongo McMichael. The negotiations had been ongoing since January after uh, NFL player and part-time wrestler Kevin Green suggested it. Did that happen? That did happen. You wrestled McMongo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I don't remember that show. So. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan did a rare clean job to Jacques Rougeau at WCW's show in Montreal. Rougeau was the promoter of the show and was expected to be the hometown hero, but the crowd was actually split between he and Hogan. It was a non-title match, and Rougeau pinned Hogan clean with a small package, which sets up a return match 
the next time they come through Montreal. It was Hogan's first totally clean pinfall loss since losing the WWF title to the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6 in 1990. Hot damn. <laughs> and all the people, uh, he picks the Mountie. <laughs> well, damn right. He's the <laughs> Mountie. Always gets his man. Yeah, and he didn't even have to use a shock stick, man. He just beat him clean as a whistle. Good Lord. I, yeah, man. This story reminds me of when PCO had a fit because he was going to lose clean to Diesel in Montreal, and they changed it to like a double countout or some crap. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of shame losing to Nash when he's on top of the industry. He was literally the world champion at the time. <laughs> it's just, oh, man. Anybody goes back and listens to uh, In the Archives, our uh, Diesel in 1995 bonus episode, that was more fun than it sounds. But it's just like, wow. I couldn't believe it, where he's like, oh, well, you know, we're in my hometown. They're going to cheer me. And, and <laughs> he's, and uh, when they get out there. Himself, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then when they get out there, Nash said he got him in a headlock. And he's like, oh, the crowd sounds like 70 30 me. You still want to go with that double count out? <laughs> And then, of course, he said, you know, uh, Nash said, uh, I think it was Nash was saying Michaels was stirring the pot. He was like, he, would, he doesn't want to take uh, he doesn't want to take the world champion's finish. Huh? What makes him better than you? Huh? Like, just get uh, interesting question. But <laughs> yeah, right. uh, here's a here's a long involved one. Speaking of uh, Kevin Nash and backstage antics. Earlier in the week, Eric Bischoff, Kevin Nash, Ric Flair, and Roddy Piper got together to, to discuss the plans for the Slamboree main event. The face team is Flair, Piper, and Kevin Green versus Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and someone who has yet to be named. Hulk Hogan doesn't want to work the show, so it won't be him. Oh, uh, well, you know, the Slamboree doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, but Nash It would end up being six, I believe, I want to say. Yeah, well... Nash and Hall said that they wanted Six to be their partner, but Flair and Piper don't want Six in the match. Uh, they feel that, he, or uh, yeah, both of them feel that uh, Six is not a big enough name to be in the main event of the show in a match with a famous NFL player involved that will get mainstream media coverage. Kevin Nash argued that given the, quote, talent in the match, Six would be the only one capable of actually making it watchable. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hot Hot yeah. take, huh? Yeah, right. He also basically insulted Flair and Piper to their faces about their ages and even called Flair a comedy act. There's also heat between Nash and Piper because Nash apparently didn't sell for Piper during their uncensored pay-per-view match. You know, and if there's one place you don't want to F up, it's uncensored. <laughs> yeah, <right>. The <laughs> tentful event. Yeah, right. Uh, basically, the old guys feel like the young guys don't respect the legends and the young guys feel like the legends don't respect the new generation. Anyway, on Nitro, Piper and Flair cut a promo vaguely alluding to all of this and rambling about their history in the business and about respecting the veterans and all that. Uncle Dave criticizes Flair and Piper, saying that 2.8 million people uh, were tuned in during the interview, but they cut that promo for one person, Kevin Nash, who was probably laughing throughout the whole thing. In fact, he says that a lot of people backstage in WCW were probably laughing because it just made Flair and Piper look insecure. Anyway, they still haven't figured out who the third NWO member will be in the match. So for now, they just announced it as the NWO instead of naming the three people. 
It, as you mentioned, it does end up being six. So chalk one up for Nash. Ah, it's a little kids crying at recess because, you know, no one wants to play on this kid's team. Or I don't want you on your team. It's not fair. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, my thing here is, okay, like, who did they want it to be? Yeah, like, I know. know. Like, Flair and, if, like, I can kind of see their point where they're like, well, he's not a big enough name. Okay, sure, whatever. Who the hell else do they have? The <laughs> Giant? Or no, the Giant wasn't even part of the team at this time, was he? 97? Uh, yeah, yeah, he already no, left. Is, he, yeah, yeah okay. he already left. Yeah, because he was a baby face at this point. That's Sorry, right. what's his name again? The Giant. I get the Mark Sterling in, I guess. Uh, it's so a Mark many... Sterling play on David Pinzer, but yes. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Stevie F and Ray. Well, no, he wasn't a part of the NWO at this point either. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, okay, it could have been. It was a couple of guys: Buff Bagwell, Conan, Scott yeah. Norton. This one <laughs> might have been really random, but Masahiro Chono. What about Michael W. Wall Street? <laughs> Vincent? Like, who the hell else you got? It's kind of funny having this whole conversation, considering the NWO is uh, most known for like having everybody on the damn team or in the group, yeah. whatever. And now yeah. we can't find the next big star. Uh, I mean, I guess they could have made a play for Macho Man, but he wasn't involved no, in this. No, he was doing the thing with DDP, which was like the thing of 1997. So yeah. no, keep away from this. So, yeah, so I like, I mean, I could see them arguing. It's like, well, let's get Macho Man in because he's a bigger star. But it's like, yeah, but he's not involved in it. So it doesn't make sense. I don't think Six had anything going on right now that was of any importance. And yeah, I mean... It, it's kind of the thing, like, um, if anybody goes back in the archives, we covered uh, No Way Out of Texas. Uh, they got Savio Vega to fill in for Shawn Michaels. Not because that was a great replacement, but because he was a good wrestler, and they had nobody else. I was like, whatever, bite the bullet. Savio so, and Vega. Yeah. Who is uh, on the show, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's true. It was like, he, he came out, and you just heard the Price is Right. Boom, 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 boom. Wow. And the crowd goes mild. <laughs> <laughs> they did too. That was the that's the sad part about it. But yeah, either this way, this is a prime uh, Sean Walton, by the way, with that ju- that that pearl, uh, not uh, perm. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> holy hell, yeah, like man, like fifty uh, some year old white ladies were going wild for that man. <laughs> oh good lord, yeah. it was like a Rick James. Yeah, Jerry Curl going on too, like a hybrid, you know, like a couple things going on there. Yeah, man, uh, he was man, he was using uh, Soul Glow or Afro Sheen or something, man. Like he had it going <laughs> on oh, all the way live. <laughs> Good uh, lord, anyway. you said that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so moving on here, the yes, latest. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that's that's got to be a short on YouTube. Us talking about his uh, his Jerry Curl. <laughs> Can we get the rights to use the Soul Glow theme? Because that would be epic. We need that. Now. Oh, hell yeah. Just let your soul glow. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul glow. so silky smooth. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul glow. 
Uh, but the latest on the proposed WCW Thursday night show is that it may not happen after all. There have been no arenas booked on th- four Thursday tapings, and they would have to be booked months in advance if it was going to happen. Uncle Dave says that having that show may destroy any any successful formula that WCW built. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? In his book, Eric Bischoff basically says that Thunder was the beginning of the end because he didn't want to do the show, but was pretty much forced to. He says it overworked him and everyone else, and he hated it. And it made no sense because at the end it became the jobber show. Yep. Yeah, nothing, nothing of any importance happened on there except for like once in a blue moon. Well, well, wait, wait a minute. Right away. I mean, okay. unfortunately, well, this moment in history happened on that show. So, God, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For people that don't know what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> David Arquette, David Arquette, excuse me, gotta use his real his real name. Uh, David Ar- David Arquette won the world title on that show. Uh, it's very forgotten. I feel like people will just think it happened on Nitro or so or on pay per view. Nope, it happened on Thunder, dude. Oh, yeah, lest we forget. <laughs> the A show. Uh, Good Lord. I think SmackDown was still kicking his ass, too, in the ratings at this point. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, in the WWF versus WCW lawsuit about the hotline, the judge ruled that Mark Madden is a journalist, which pause there to laugh, uh, and thus was well, required. You know, people can be very loose with definition sometimes. Oh, yeah. Anybody with a blue check mark on Twitter is a, quote, journalist in 2022. So, yeah. Uh, and I hate the Steelers, dude. Sorry, just had to say it. Amen. I don't know if you... Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you agreed or not. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, thus, he was not required to reveal his sources about whatever it was he said on the hotline. They don't specify. Uh, Madden was also recently suspended by WCW for a week for using the phrase, say hello to the bad guy on the hotline, which led to WWF lawyer Jerry McDivitt sending another threatening letter to WCW. All right. My first question is, who the hell is listening to this to know he said that? Like, who do they have like an intro or something like listen to this? Yeah. Anything we can use. I want to (laughs) know. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, who's the poor, unfortunate soul that's getting paid to listen to this crap? Like, good Lord. Hey, listen to the hotline and tell us if Mark Madden says anything of any importance. Oh, well, um, uh, spoiler yeah. usually doesn't. But yeah, if I, yeah, I, I don't think I'm getting paid by the hour here. So I'm just going to tell you now. No. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Mark F and Madden, man. Either way, uh, off topic. I heard him and Flair had like a fallout or something. He's no longer on his pod or something. Or, him and who? Uh, him and Ric Flair. Does Ric Flair still have a podcast? I guess so. I guess he fired Mark Madden off of it, or he left, or something. I don't know. I don't read that crap, but I just oh no. So on the major pod. <laughs> so on the major pod group posted about it. Like I didn't even know he was one. I didn't know Flair had a podcast. Two. I didn't know Mark Madden was on there with him. Yeah, I I thought his podcast went. Like died forever ago when uh, when Conrad stopped doing it with him. I, I don't know. Uh, I never listened to his podcast, by the way. I, I love Ric Flair, but I don't want to hear him ramble either way. Uh, WCW is really trying to get Kevin Sullivan out of the ring and retire. Can't imagine why. Uh, nearly a year ago, Eric Bischoff told Sullivan that when his feud with Chris Benoit runs its course, he's done in the ring. So Sullivan- uh, they should have stopped about a year ago then. 
Yeah, right. Uh, so Sullivan, who is the booker, has done a masterful job of keeping his storyline with Benoit going for about a year now. And to give credit where it's due, it's been an extremely popular angle that has launched Benoit into being a legit star. I, I don't know about that last part, but... Uh, however, WCW is really putting some pressure on Sullivan to wrap it up and be done in the ring as of now. Okay, this yes. might be an unpopular opinion. I might get some crap for this, but I never thought he was good in the ring. It was like a little yeah. grunt on the outside. I know. Well, if anybody listens to uh, the Apron Bump podcast that I guested on, uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, the hardest part of the ring, Kyle. Uh, that, that was a fun show we covered Fall Brawl 1995, which is also in our archives, by the way. Go check it out. Uh, but we were talking about, oh, you know, you remember the stipulation for if the Hulkamaniacs won in War Games, they get five minutes alone with Kevin Sullivan? Yeah, because that didn't uh, sound or, creepy at all. Yes, I do. Yeah, right. But we were like, okay, so, so Hulk Hogan, who in theory just went through a War Games match, it's five minutes alone in the cage with a fresh as a daisy Kevin Sullivan, who has been a wrestler for like ever, by the way. But maybe, no, maybe even longer than Hogan, by the way, at that point. Yeah, I don't right. know the start date, but maybe. Right, and it's like, <sighs> so how? Like, why is that a punishment? I like. <laughs> okay. To me, it's, if you really think about it, they're kind of just like, kind of burying him in a way. Like, oh well. You're a fresh guy, but and you're gonna wrestle this guy just with the whole match, but you suck enough for him to beat the crap out of you. Yeah, right. Um, uh, to make this fair, Hogan had to have gone through a you know a big ass like war games cage match and everything. And uh and and you're well, fresh mean, as a daisy. It did have the shark in it, so we probably did some damage to him. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh he's not a fish, Greg. He's a man. <laughs> so shark is fish. Uh, he, yeah, it has guilt, okay. so therefore he qualifies. Ah, yikes. Uh, and, and Kyle rightfully pointed out to me, by the way, because I pointed out, same as on our podcast, I said, well, you know, he was blown up after like five minutes, and he said, well, you know, because he wasn't in water, you yeah. see, so he's like, now, now you're just being oh, silly. See, see, now I heard that part, and I had to disagree with you, because I'm thinking back to the, the Suicide Squad, and that shark, he was fine out of water. Oh, yeah, killer shark. So, yeah. you guys are wrong. Sorry, King Shark, whatever you lose. <laughs> well, he was half shark and half man. This is I, I don't know. Nah, nah, you're semantics. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. What I, yeah, well, well, now we're just being silly, Greg. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is all, uh, it's all legit conversation until that point. <laughs> we're talking about pro wrestling and whether or not a guy <laughs> is also a fish. I don't even know what to say. Anymore. I, don't, I don't know why we're giggling at this, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, this is all ser- this is serious business. We need to get down to, you know, order of the day. God. Uh, speaking of the order of the day here, last couple stories here. Actually, I hope God's not listening. What's wrong with you two? Like yeah, he's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never heard of this promotion before. I guarantee you haven't either. Uh, uh, Battlecade Extreme Fighting. You ever hear of that? Never. Okay. But they're an MMA promotion. Uh, and they've apparently announced that they're folding. I uh, can't imagine why, with a name like Battlecade Extreme Fighting. Uh, but, oh. yeah. They were pretty much so, a victim of the sorry. political landscape with people trying to ban the sport and with the pay-per-view carriers declining to carry the fledgling promotions events. Uh, that happened a lot around this time, actually. It did. Oh. I mean, it didn't become anything until Dana White came and legitimized it. 
Well, didn't um, uh, I mean, wasn't was the uh, Spring Stampede podcast? Was that the one where I talked about another one that went down? Maybe I think they were dropping like yeah. flies at this point. Yeah. Looking back at it now, I'm like, how did the UFC survive all that time? Yeah, I know, man. I they were the one. Yeah, literally now. <laughs> Uh, it's called Battle Cave, though. That just sounds like a horrible thing that like uh, Dusty <laughs> yeah. or uh, Bill Watts came up with for WCW. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, just um, dumb. I don't know. The the politicians were really out to get uh, MMA promotions around this time, so it it was not a fun time for them. <sighs> but either uh, way, some uh, tells me it's all going to work out. I got for one one specific promotion, but yeah. <laughs> uh, like I just like put on said, a hell of a interview uh, prior to recording this, by the way. So. Yeah, right. Uh, next thing here, uh, Jake Roberts made his first wrestling appearance since being fired from the WWF, showing up in AAA to do a run-in. I'm sure he was in fantastic shape as always. Okay, so I was going to say, are you sure about the word run-in? But you went ahead and did it for me. Okay. <laughs> right. Thank you. Uh, Listen, this is why I love this guy. He's always got my back with that. See? I don't got to say insulting stuff. He, he'll do it for me. I was going <laughs> to say, am I, <laughs> am I a Richard for saying that? <laughs> I don't even know. He's fine now, dude. Okay, no. he's He looks really good now. So. Yeah. No nope, can't, can't ignore those. Hopefully he... Uh... He lives a lot longer, too. I mean, he seems to be doing better than he has in decades. He's already outlived so many people that, like, didn't do the stuff he did. I know. Clearly, God's plan goes deep with this guy. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, Scott Hall just passed away. And, I mean, I for as much crap as Scott Hall did, I think even he was like, whoa, dude, chill. Yeah, right. So... Anyway, uh, last story I have here. I thought this one was funny. I was just like, wow. An indie show scheduled in a high school gym in Virginia was canceled due to complaints, first by the American Arab Anti-Defamation Committee. The Iron Sheik was scheduled to work the show. (laughs) I was going to say that. It really was. (laughs) Uh, He was scheduled to work the show. They were upset about the heel character he has played on TV during his career and complained. So the indie promotion agreed to take Sheik off the show. But then another group started complaining about the... uh, This is what they were called. Chill out. But they started complaining about the midget wrestlers being a negative portrayal and wanted them removed from the show as well. Finally, the school where the show was being held just pulled the plug on the whole thing. Okay, first of all, with the Dan Sheik and the negative stereotype, if anyone follows him on Twitter, that's really him. (laughs) <laughs> he's not portraying a stereotype. Okay, he's right. really like that. A nut. <laughs> um, so now I get it. You don't want to portray um, Iranian people in that way. I respect that. But I she's really crazy. So you know. Yep. You know, I mean, that out. I will say this: uh, when talking like out of character, he loves America. So because yeah. they, but he said it they, because America gave him all his money. Yeah, I can respect the guy who says that. <laughs> she's well, it's like the old. Uh, Almost like the old um, joke where they say, you know, uh, the is it a uh, Cuban or Dominican? I think I think it was Dominican baseball players that baseball been very very good to me. It's kind of like you know Iron Sheik. It's like America's been very very good to him. 
Why would I mean, you complain like, about that? I don't think it's a character with him. I think he's just like that, you know. And I don't say that in a negative way. No. Yeah, but you know, whatever. But that is the news and notes. We are going to take our next break. When we come back, I told you there was quite a lot to get into. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to dive into In Your House 14, Revenge of the Taker. And after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the main event marks the one and only greg superfly greg he was on and he was talking about his love of the game so you might want to come over and check that episode out and if you like what you hear you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from phf athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. It's WWF in your house 14 Revenge of the Taker. The date was April 20th, 1997. The tagline New Millennium of Darkness, A Dark Knight's Revenge. How'd they get away with that? I don't know how <laughs> they got away with that. <laughs> yeah, Dark Knight. Uh, so 1997, anyway. Batman and Robin's about to come out. I don't think anyone's remember that, but it's still a thing in 97, is my point. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, the uh, venue was the Rochester Community War Memorial <laughs> in Rochester, New York. I want to uh, point out, by the way, this is a WWE show, not ECW. And yes, they are there. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like 
it's more of like a, I'm thinking like Ring of Honor when I hear War Memorial. Uh, but the attendance was 11,477. So not bad attendance for, you know, us just laughing at the venue. But And the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.50, which amounted to 142,000 buys. I'm assuming you watched this one one way or another. I did. Yeah. Uh, at your neighbor's? Yeah. That one, yeah. The yeah, old black so. box. Yeah, we Nefariously. Know, we know what was at your neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> The, I, I got to make a ye old scrambler box uh, T-shirt. It's, it's got to be coming to the right. to the bonfire store. Nobody will get it. That's under a certain or that's uh, yeah under a certain age. But you know whatever. Hey, you just said that at the top of the show too. I mean, there's a lot of people. What? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you used to be able to just be able to just take babies right off TV. You didn't have to set up a, a whole intricate setup on your computer. Or nothing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, our, a mutual friend of ours uh, sent me a, a picture of Bret Hart watching a monitor, and like it was a scrambled picture, and it was like eleven-year-old me watching Channel Forty-Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yep, I remember them days." Uh, but the first match here is Owen Hart and the British Bulldog defending the WWF Tag Team Titles against Hawk and Animal of the Legion of Doom. This one went twelve minutes sixteen seconds. In the end, Hawk, li- or what we thought was the end, Hawk lifts Bulldog onto Animal's shoulder on the second rope, and Animal dives off with a power slam. Hawk holds Owen back as Animal pins Bulldog for the win. I actually thought that was pretty cool. The crowd blows for the win, but then another referee says that Bulldog was not the legal man, so the match must continue. Yeah, Stooge comes out. Just mind your own damn business. It, I like how that's not a consistent thing in wrestling. Like, well, we need in this match, we need another referee to stick his nose in where it doesn't belong. But the other match, nah, that, that's fine. Nobody saw nothing. You didn't see nothing, nothing okay? Right? Yeah, you're... <laughs> but uh, anyway, Owen... <laughs> uh, Owen and Bulldog say that they're not coming back to the ring and they'll just take the count out. But the ref says that he'll give the LOD the titles if they don't come back again. Uh, like referees with their martial law, man. I like how they can just decide to strip them of the titles. Uh, this forces them to get back in the match. In the real end, Hawk pins Owen, but then Bret Hart rushes to the ring, hitting Hawk and drawing a DQ. Therefore, the LOD wins, but they don't get the tag titles. Double <laughs> Dave was really harsh on this most of the show. Uh, he gave it three quarters of a star. I gave it two and a half for at least average. What say you? I gave it two. Did you happen to see? I feel like Brett was late getting in the ring because there was a lot of confusion at the end. Did you catch that? Like they were waiting no. for him to get in and interfere. <laughs> he wasn't counting. <laughs> oh, wow. No, I, didn't, I didn't even notice. Wow. Like, yeah, that WrestleMania eight of you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, now in the archives, by the way. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even notice that, but. Yeah, I that's, think uh, it was f- that's one, by the way. On this show, is another horrible instance of clearly something was going wrong and supervision <laughs> had to happen. We will get to that. Um, yeah. You know. I did like how he was pulling, uh, well, but way before Brian Danielson did it, uh, he was ba- basically pulling a Brian Danielson. He had the just a plain black T-shirt on. Not a white one, but just a plain yeah, black right. T-shirt on. Not his logo or anything. Not even like a small little Canadian maple leaf or something on there. Nope. Not a WWF shirt, nothing. Yeah, nope, just a plain black t-shirt. They should have marketed that, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, backstage, Doc Hendricks waits to interview Owen Hart and the British Bulldog. He tells Owen that he 
must feel lucky to be to still be champions. And Owen says that they're not lucky. They're the best. And Doc says that Brett might be so lucky, uh, might not be so lucky in taking on Stone Cold Steve Austin later tonight. Owen and the Bulldogs say that there's no way that Stone Cold is there, but Hendricks insists. He then sends us to the we just saw him on TV arriving too. So I just <laughs> yeah, uh, he's not here. I don't watch TV. What, what are you talking about? To be fair, they were in the match, but that just goes to show you that the there's no screen in the big in the arena back then. Yeah, which is why uh, whatever which show is it that they had the Boiler Room Brawl, SummerSlam '96. Okay, yeah, they had to literally wheel TVs to the ring like it's you know uh, high school biology. They literally class. look like, like elementary school. So I watch a video. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we're gonna watch Bill Nye today, so you know uh, the, uh, your teacher has a hangover. <laughs> but anyway, crap. come on, you know that stuff happens. <laughs> I have a, I have a hangover. Who knows what that means? It means you're drunk. No, it means no. I was drunk yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I got a headache and the runs. So shut up. <laughs> what the hell? No, remember that uh, on there? <laughs> no. <laughs> but Doc, then, good lord. <laughs> Doc then sends us to the superstar room with Sonny and Brian Pillman flirting with each other and also pitching the superstar line. This was weird. But all kinds of innuendo. Yeah, right. Right out there in your face, too. But before the next match, you could have worded that a little better, but okay. (laughs) PG-13 wraps the nation of dominations way to the ring. That was something. Uh, we then go backstage with Kevin Kelly standing by with Rocky Maivia. This was before he was the rock making fun of Kevin Kelly. So, And before uh, you go on, I just, I just want to say, if you don't like Kevin Kelly, oh. please die. Oh. <laughs> yeah, according to Uncle Dave, you know, and, and hey, Greg has the receipts. OK, he said this on Twitter. I got the screenshot. And I got that screenshot and the one of him telling me I got one more chance with him, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know one more chance for what. I don't know, but you know, whatever. Saving it though, you, know, you gotta use that wisely. Exactly. But Rocky says that Lady Luck has been on his side since day one in the WWF, and he's hoping that his luck holds out tonight as he takes on Savio Vega. Yeah, because if there's one thing you need to beat Savio Vega, it's a lot of luck. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's about to headline a pay per view here in like ten months. Which we just uh, yeah, talked about, right. which is in the archives. Yeah. <laughs> egg, egg on my face. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's ten months and a whole group later. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he's for the Los Bariquas at that time because you know they were on fire. <sighs> anyway, almost, it, almost much fire as that Dungeon of Doom, man. Oh man, I don't know what's worse. But Rocky Maivia up next is defending the WWF Intercontinental title against Savio Vega, who has the Nation of Domination in his corner. This one went about eight and a half minutes. This was definitely treated like a legit pay-per-view and not a throwaway show because it opened with two title matches in a row. I'll give him that. Uh, Farouk, in a sling, comes to the ring about a minute into this match to get on commentary. In the end, Savio hits Rocky outside of the ring, and then Crush knocks him out colder than a banker's heart. This leads to a countout victory for Savio, but again, he doesn't win the title. So two in a row, man. Uncle Dave gives us th- uh, three quarters of a star. 
<laughs> Again, I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. Let's say you. I gave it one. It sucked. Yeah. Well, not three quarters? Come on. Oh, I bumped it up because, um, uh, oh, you know, the, the, the rap from PG-13. Like, got, oh, well, so. that too. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you can't discount that, man. You got not one, but two white rappers. Outside of an ICP <laughs> concert, when can you ever see that? <laughs> I just, I love to the, and I'm using that term sarcastically, by the way, like what the nation would become was like a, a nation of Islam slash Black Panther group. But like right here, mm-hmm. they got white rappers, a uh, white guy who was a legit ex-felon, and a Puerto Rican. God, yeah. And I'm like, how yep. is this anything? <laughs> this was a ragtag group of what the F. This this and group's you know, going to get like, a lot better uh, within the year. But man, this sucked. <laughs> yeah, like the underlings of like D'Lo Brown and the other ones there like would wear suits and kind of look like uh, you know, the guys that would follow. a butler outfit here. <laughs> they look like the guys that would follow around like Malcolm X and whatever. So I was like, okay. Then you got Farouk. And uh, the other, like, legit members wearing, like, yeah, the Black Panthers-like stuff. Then you got freaking Crush, who's got, like, dreads, tattoos on his face, and just wearing, like, a, a, a jean vest or a denim vest, whatever. And I'm like, how did that fit? Like, not because of his skin color, but even even Savio wore the outfit. It's like, yeah. what the hell, man? Well, to, like, to my knowledge, he had literally just gotten out of jail before joining this group. Like, he was like... yeah. I, yeah. And they made that a freaking gimmick. They're yeah, like, right. uh, like, oh, you got out of prison for real, huh? How about you play that out on TV, pal? <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, uh, Savio Vega gets upset with Crush for knocking Rocky out and costing him the Intercontinental title. Crush gets in and they argue throw some logic him. in there. You know, there you go. I like that. Got to <laughs> yeah, give you credit right. for that. I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't he be mad? He literally just got some title. So I was like, OK, I like that. Yep. Yeah, it was dumb. But Crush gets in, and they start arguing until Farouk gets in between them. PG-13 rolls Rocky into the ring now, and the nation gangs up on him. Farouk literally whips the rock with his belt until Ahmed Johnson rushes into the ring, chasing everyone off with his giant plank of wood. Uh, yeah. Because I, I was like, uh, okay. giant group of guys being chased off by one man swinging wood. Yeah. Like, all right. Did you happen to notice some of the racial words that Ahmed and Farouk use on each other in their No. Farouk on commentary and then Ahmed when he got into the ring. On commentary, he said he was gonna whoop Ahmed Johnson's black behind and he's either gonna leave, <laughs> go down, or he's gonna join the nation, which is kind of ironic or not ironic, uh, foreshadowing, because he does. But then Ahmed well, gets on the on the mic in the ring and says, "I'm gonna whoop your black ass and all this stuff." I'm like, good uh, lord! Seen this on TV? I just uh, and then over in on Spring Stampede the month the same <laughs> month, <laughs> you got Booker T dropping the N word. So there you go. Oh my uh, god! Very racially charged around this time in wrestling. I, I mean, I have friends that have said that. Black friends have said that about you. Know, like, oh. oh this, this, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, not my black ass. He says something like that. You know, I have a friend who does say that. But yeah. like on TV? <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever, man. They can get away with it. <sighs> but we now see Ken Shamrock in the America Online room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm America Online. <sighs> yep. <laughs> I don't want it to, sucked, but yeah. <laughs> I, hey, 
AIM was a thing, man. AOL Instant Messenger. That was oh god, yeah, dude. Every freaking AIM. Friday. Hey, what's your AIM? Let's chat tonight. Yep. <laughs> that or uh, I don't know if you remember ICQ. But like don't. that that uh, that rose to prominence when I was in like middle school, I think. But that was hard to keep track of because like you didn't have like a username. People had to look you up by this like long ass number. Yeah, that's how it is with like Nintendo Switch friends. I don't get that. What's your friend code? Uh, these fourteen numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Who remembers that crap? Right. But uh, but the, here, did you see the size of them damn laptops, dude? Yes. Like I thought mine was big that I'm using. Shout right out now. to I, a mutual friend where I was watching this with him, and he pointed that out. Like, damn, how big is that damn laptop? It's as big as Shamrock's <laughs> whole body. I, I know. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, that thing's thick. And that thing's thick with two C's, man. Right. <laughs> but uh, Vince, anyways, um, wow. Vince McMahon, by the way, claims that there's a rumor that tomorrow night, uh, Ken Shamrock will challenge Mike Tyson. <laughs> what the actual hell? Yeah, this was the thing going on, like outside of WWE that they brought into it. Yeah, because I totally believe Shamrock in his prime even could, you know, take on Mike Tyson. Okay. Ironically, they would both be I, at uh, the next WrestleMania. Right, yeah. Hey, uh, I mean, if we're talking MMA rules, that's different. But if you're talking boxing match, like, Shamrock's getting roasted. Like, not even a, not even close, man. Well, look what happened with uh, McGregor and Mayweather. Just, you know, yeah, stay in your lane, dude. Yeah, they're not even in the same league. I mean, McGregor maybe, but, like, as far as, uh, I don't know. Would you compare McGregor to... Uh, how would you compare him to Shamrock at his prime in MMA? I don't know. I feel like McGregor was as great as he is. You know, he's beatable. And Shamrock was on top, man. He was, like, tough as hell. So Yeah. It's, like, it's, kind, well, of, it's kind of like the same, actually. You know, not to get around it, but it's almost the same. They When they're hot, they're hot. But, man, when they were off, they got killed. So it's almost yep. the same. I've seen that. Yeah. We now go back to Doc Hendricks standing by with the wild man, Mark Effing Marrow, and Sable. You know, S- Sable, Greg, is uh, Uncle Dave's favorite. Oh, man. But Doc asks Marrow how his knee rehab is going. They talk about that for a while and about how Marrow used to be a Golden Gloves boxer before we hear some banging around in the Oh, uh, right room there in that arena, by the way, right? Didn't they say you won it in that arena? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I guess that had special meaning to him, Some, you know, for that. Uh, but then we hear some banging around in the men's room behind him. Somebody should have laid off the Chipotle. Uh, but then the referees rush in. <laughs> uh, Doc says that he doesn't know what's going on before Bulldog and Owen come out carrying a crutch. Wow, is that bad? You got to use a crutch afterwards? Anyway. Uh, Good Lord. <laughs> uh, Dave Hebner then rushes out and tells Doc that he's going to go get some help. Man, I... <laughs> So also, much going uh, on real here. Quick, real, real quick side note, we just lost Chipotle as a potential sponsor ever, but thank you for that. Anyways. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, but before, <laughs> good Lord, before the next match, Jesse James with two M's in James, uh, by the hold way. Hold on. Sorry, real quick. Um, yeah. Did you notice how many times, we're counting what we're going to see too, how many times did we see Owen Hart in this pay-per-view? Yeah, it was a lot. Quite, I, I, th- I think I was man. up to five at one point. It got up there, yeah. But uh, Jesse James comes out performing with my baby tonight. Uh, for people that don't know, the real the future road dog. Yeah, the honky tonk man then comes out and says that he's introducing his new protege to take on the real double J. 
His protege is the former Billy Gunn, now Rockabilly. Oh, man. Uh, you want to talk about trying to push a square peg into a round hole, man. This was <laughs> like, what? Uh, <laughs> Honky Tonk Look, Man explains. Can, real quick, we can laugh all we want, but in six months, these two are about to have a drastic change. It's going to revolutionize both their careers, so it's fine. But still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is goofy. It's all this hell is the, on both sides. This is the this is the forgotten footnote in their story right here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, I remember when he was it when Honky Tonk Man asks Rockabilly to be his protege. I I can't remember how it went. Where uh, his his response was just like, <laughs> and then he yes. like, takes his hand and becomes like, the op- it becomes the opener of his theme too. <sighs> Yeah, that's that's like uh, like the beginning of uh, DDP's theme had, you know, back in the day had uh, like a motorcycle revving up and he was like, oh, have mercy or some crap like that. <laughs> I only remember that because I believe they put it in one of the 2K games recently. Yeah, uh, a couple of a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was uh, something. But Hockey Talk Man explains to JR that when Billy Gunn punched him in the jaw two weeks ago on Raw. He knew he had to make him his protege. Alrighty then. You know, because when people knock me out, I, I constantly think, man, that's the guy I need to train. <laughs> but this one is Jesse Hello. James versus <laughs> this one's Jesse James versus Rockabilly with the honky tonk man. Six minutes forty six seconds. Way too long. Oh, man. Yeah. In the end, Rockabilly goes for a suplex, but Jesse James rolls him into a small package for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I gave it a star and a half. What do you say? I gave it a star. I also laughed my ass off to see new gimmick lost the match. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's introduce him, but we're also putting over Jesse James. Sort of. Well. Yeah. Well. Good lord i yeah i don't even know but after the match honky tonk man tries to smash his guitar over james's head but james moves and honky tonk hits the top turnbuckle so he doesn't even get one over on him after the match also that guitar was uh uh not a working guitar yeah Yeah, that was not not freaking gimmicked man (laughs) what was with honky tonk and not gimmicking his damn guitars like hot damn According to uh, uh, Jake Roberts, he said he, his guitar wasn't gimmicked when he hit him either. That's why you should you just heard thunk. <laughs> now we go backstage with Kevin Kelly standing by with Stone Cold Steve Austin in the dressing room. Rilla Monsoon is there as well. Kelly asks Austin if he's going to be able to wrestle tonight due to his injuries. And Austin goes into a rage, saying that there's no chance that he won't wrestle Bret Hart tonight. Rilla says that he's buying Austin more time by rearranging tonight's lineup. His match will now go on last with Undertaker Mankind going up next. We then switch to the Hart Foundation's locker room with some random white dude with goofy hair interviewing him. Yeah, I was like, who the hell is this? Yeah, I was like, uh, and you are? <laughs> but he asks Bulldog. Another own heart sighting, by the way. Say what? Another own heart sighting. It's like four. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see him again. <laughs> Coming up, not to spoil anything, but... Uh, he asked Bulldog and Owen why they went into the bathroom with Austin earlier. Bulldog says that Austin started it by messing with him, 
and and Owen while they were just talking. Uh, they're they were only defending themselves. He says Owen says that Austin is going to lose to Brett for a third time tonight. Bret Hart simply asks, "Who's crying now?" While smiling before leaving the room. And there you go. But now. We get a very long play-up package showcasing the entire Undertaker-Mankind storyline. But then we go backstage with Doc Hendricks standing by with Paul Bearer and Mankind. Bearer says that he can smell the burning flesh of the Undertaker, or I can smell the burning flesh of the Undertaker! And tonight, Mankind will become the WWF champion! Oh, yes! And Mankind says that tonight is the greatest night of his life. There you go. Uh, he did not say anybody's mother was a whore, unlike Terry Funk, by the way. So. <laughs> he thought it, though. Undertaker, your mother's a whore. Have a nice day. Bang, bang. Hey, he did technically say that at one point. <laughs> like, he called his mother a whore? Uh, that, all right, out, but he did say she was easy because remember he said he was with her in the funeral home and made Kane. Oh, Paul Bearer did. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I was thinking, man, I was thinking oh, Mankind. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, when the hell did Mankind ever see this? <laughs> That'd have been hilarious, but yeah. Either way, up next, we get The Undertaker defending the WWF World title against Mankind with Paul Bearer in his corner. Uh, this one went about 17 and a half minutes. The Undertaker's face is bandaged from getting a fireball thrown into it by Mankind. We get a jump start on okay, this one. Before I even forget, uh-huh. What the hell did he use to apply that to his face? Because that thing stays on the entire match. Did you catch that? Yeah, some pretty good <laughs> medical tape he, uh, he used there. Yeah, I didn't even sweat it off. But, uh, yeah, we get a jump start in this one. Taker never... And yes, there will the be light. an afterbirth. Sorry. Oh, uh, Taker never even turned the lights back on. How rude. Uh, this was the Undertaker look that I actually first saw when I first started watching wrestling, and it was always my favorite. Uh, they brawl. My over. note on this is this is almost a play on WrestleMania 14 attire, minus the big thing like on his head. Oh yeah, yeah. This was this was the same attire he wore up until uh, the. It was very similar going through to the Ministry of Darkness, and it wasn't until he was in the Ministry that he actually changed it. But they brawl all over the place. Uh, Bear distracts a ref at one point, and Mankind clocks the Undertaker with the urn for a near fall. This led to Jerry Lawler saying, he earned it. That was uh, uh, something. I must have missed <laughs> that line. Okay, <laughs> He said it like three times. He, he's like, I told you he earned it, McMahon. And <laughs> finally, on like the third time, Vince acknowledged him. He's like, yeah, yeah, all right. Uh, but later, Mankind smashes a glass water pitcher over the Undertaker's head. Because, you know, those are laying around. Where do you get and, those at? Uh, glass water pitchers are us, I guess. Ah, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but then he hit him with a chair. This is clearly WCW rules because there are no disqualifications called for. Even Vince on commentary called this out, so that's pretty bad. <laughs> Eventually, the ref gets bumped. Why? Don't know. Uh, another referee comes out and man, he locks it too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another referee comes out, speaking of eating it, and gets locked in the mandible claw by mankind, thrown out of the ring. That's mullet referee, by the way. Uh, Paul Bearer then throws a chair in the ring, and mankind throws a steel steps inside. Mankind picks him up, and the Undertaker actually drop kicks him into mankind's face. Yes, I said the Undertaker drop kicked it. 
With uh, one leg, the, by the way. It's an RVD-style one. It was pretty cool. Yeah, right. Then he blasts him in the head with a chair. Mankind gets his neck hung up in the ropes, Cactus Jack-style. And the Undertaker actually pulls his mask off before hitting him with the, with the steel steps and knocking Mankind headfirst into the announce table. That was uh, crazy. Like, what the hell was that table made out of, man? I feel like his head made a hole in that yeah, table. He, uh, he <laughs> dove head first through a hole in the table. You didn't what? see the yeah, you didn't see the the tarp come up a little bit. It was like plywood. Yeah, it's like effing weird. Like I'll, I've always remembered that. I couldn't remember what show that ha- that happened on, but I always remembered it. Uh but anyway, uh after that, the Undertaker gets him in the ring, hits a tombstone, and wins. Uncle Dave gave this three and three-quarter stars. I just gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three as well. Thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They beat the crap out of each other, dude. Yeah. I actually think this is one of their better matches as a whole. Yeah, it's definitely better than the ball, uh, Boiler Room Brawls. <laughs> that's for sure. King of the Ring 96 is often forgotten. That's a great one, too. Oh, yeah. You say King of the Ring 96? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that one. I think I, that was their official first first official one. Okay. Yeah, if anybody goes back uh, in now in the archives, our first show ever actually was on King of the Ring 98 where they had the Hell in a Cell match. So if anybody wants to go check that out. If you guys have ever heard of that event, it's kind of a little tiny bit famous. Yeah, right. Uh, he's been broken in half. After the match, the Undertaker points at Paul Bearer. This is what you were referring to earlier. And he does his cutthroat motion. He chases Paul around the ring and then back into the ring. <laughs> By the way, the Undertaker's walking at half the speed of smell because Paul Bear's quote unquote running. But <laughs> he's he doesn't run. He just kind of like stumbles around and I I uh, I don't know. But uh, they're in the ring now. Mankind gets up. The Undertaker fights them both. He throws Paul into. Uh, in, into what was supposed to be a fireball, but it doesn't work. There's a spitball in there, but I'm pretty sure if you go back and watch this, yes. <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let me paint a picture for everybody. So what happened was it was mankind was going to throw oh, a fireball First, in the before you do it. The reason all this is happening is because they burned their taker's face. So this is a payback thing. Yeah. So everyone well, knows. Well, originally it was going to be Mankind was going to throw another fireball into Undertaker's face. And that's why Undertaker was like going to throw Paul in the way of it to get Paul Bear with a fireball this time and screw him over. Well, it doesn't work. Uh, Mankind or Mick Foley, whatever was writing about it, he was like, yeah, it, uh, we practiced it a few times. It worked fine. As soon as we get out to the ring, uh, the damn lighter won't light. And I'm just sitting there flicking it repeatedly. <laughs> So, you know, of course that works, you know, when, when it's showtime. But finally, The Undertaker picks it up and says, F it. He keeps hold on, hold, hold on like, now. They, they, they twice, like three times. It's yeah. important to mention that. It's not like you just yeah. said, screw it after one. Yeah, uh, no, they tried it a few times, and then Undertaker's like, yeah, it got, this ain't happening. It, it got super awkward. They tried like, dude, to. dude, just yeah. come on already. Yeah, he was <laughs> holding Bearer there. Like, do it already. And then he says, F it, and just goes for it. And I was like, Foley laughed about it, because he was like, yeah, you could tell Taker, like, because they were trying to conceal it, make it look like he was throwing a fireball, not, hey, here's some flash paper. But Undertaker just gives up, holds the flash paper in one hand, and the lighter in the other, 
plain as day for everyone to see. And just sits there flicking it repeatedly. And then finally he gets it to light and throws it in Bear's face. God. Paul rolls out of the ring, covering his face, and Mankind helps him to the back. A similar incident would happen in a much worse match about a year and a half later at Halloween Havoc. Uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, the Hollywood Hogan and Ultimate, or excuse me, Warrior match at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, they had a fireball involved in that one. <sighs> Real story. I yep, I, I they mm, it happened. <laughs> I want to point out though, this whole thing was the catalyst to Kane coming in. By the way, it all goes back to this, right? Like, also, yeah. also another thing because, uh, like, Paul Bear mentions later. Like when my face is on fire, I was thinking of Kane. Um, but uh, it's also, I believe, the last time Paul Bearer wears that white, white ass makeup. Pretty sure he doesn't ever wear it again. Oh yeah, because I was like, I was trying to think of that. I was like, I know by the time he starts talking about Kane, his hair isn't black anymore either. He starts letting it go natural, and it's like right, a light yeah. brown. So kind of like a dirty blonde, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Undertaker was kind of letting his hair go natural here too. If you notice, this like dude, I, we, we said the same thing. Like, holy crap, it looks like a like a hardcore Texan here, like red hair, like uh, not something uh, like mean Mark. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess the I think it was Bruce Pritchard might have said this, or Jim Cornette, one of them said that uh, Paul Bear's nickname for the Undertaker was uh, Wendy because he because <laughs> of the Wendy's curl. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and he said, ah, he's the only one that could get away with calling him that. But anyway, we now go backstage with Doc Hendricks, yet again, standing by with Bret Hart, because we got to get as much Doc effing Hendricks on the show as humanly possible. Uh, behind Bret is Owen Hart. There he is again. And uh, the British Bulldog, there he is again, who Doc asks why they're there. Uh, Bret tells him it's none of, the, of his business before saying that the American wrestling fans are just as unforgiving as he is. Brett says that he's beat Austin twice and he keeps coming back. Said a night he's looking to cripple and meet and maim him. So we get more maiming threatened uh, or, you know, threats of maiming here on this show. My but question about this whole promo was like, how is that anti-American? He basically just appealed to them. They're unforgiving, just like me. Like, so isn't that a good thing? Uh, yeah, because I mean, a good thing, but like, isn't that in keeping with? I was confused. Well, and he said for anybody out there, because he, he was like, well, what if I came out and I apologized right now for everything I've said about America? Would they would they forgive me? No. And and if they started, suddenly started cheering for me again, would I forgive them? No. Like, yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, that uh, that brings us to our second to last break here. When we come back, we're going to dive into the main event of the revenge of the taker right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story. So you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, 
Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. Time for the main event. So uh, on Brett's way to the ring with Owen and Bulldog behind him. Again. Soon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> One more time. Uh, Owen and. Uh, or excuse me, Gorilla Monsoon stops Owen and Bulldog, telling them that they have to go to the back. A referee the back. Then, es- <laughs> then escort them both to the back. You set me up uh, for that one. Come on. <laughs> of course they did. But now we've got Bret Hart, or Bret Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. The winner becomes the number one contender for the WWF title. This one went 21 minutes and nine seconds. Uh, after Stone Cold had been dominating... The referee gets bumped at one point, and refer—excuse uh, me, Bret Hart uses a steel chair on Austin's knees. In the end, Austin actually locks in a sharpshooter on Bret. Then Bulldog runs in with a chair and blasts Austin in the back with it. That leads to a disqualification. Another screwed <sighs> finish on this card. Yeah, and I'm sitting there trying to find the logic in them getting their guy disqualified in a one contender match. I know. They're like, well, he was going to lose in the end. It's like, ah, maybe, but... Uh, yeah, more he anyway. still going, then you use a chair. Yeah, uh, right. Like maybe he was gonna fight out. Maybe he would, like if I was Brad, I'd be like, "What the hell are you doing?" I don't freaking know. This was bro dumb. Sorry, <laughs> I think he is there, right? <laughs> yep, that would explain all the screwed finishes, man. But Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it an even three. Let's say you. I'm right there with him. I gave it four. I love this. I thought it was an amazing brawl. Really? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, Not their best match, but I think it was one of their better brawls. I just it was definitely entertaining. I'll say that I didn't dislike it. Uh, after the match, Stone Cold attacks Bret Hart's legs with the steel chair before stomping on him and locking in another sharpshooter. Referees finally get Austin off of Hart just in time for Owen and Bulldog to drag Bret out of the ring and help him to the back. Austin then celebrates in the ring to close the show. No beer bash at this time, though. He's not quite there yet. But 
that brings I us mean, to the I was, end of this one. They're, they were all uh, going after each other's legs. I'm waiting for Owen to come out and kick his Austin's leg out of his leg. I mean, what the hell took so long? What the hell? <laughs> Good lord. Uh, but yeah, and, and you can tell how young Austin is here when he's only got one knee brace. Right. Which oddly enough became a major factor in this match. Yeah. Right. We're going to take our uh, final break of the podcast, actually. When we come back, we are going to get into the final ratings and tell you what's to come on the podcast in the coming weeks. Right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah brother, mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way room. back, mate, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. We're back. Uh, final ratings time here. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave this 6.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.11 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10 for, I don't know, C minus, I guess. What say you? I was on the fence between C plus and B minus, somewhere around there. Maybe C minus, maybe C plus. All the screwed yeah. finishes brought down the quality for me. Uh, the the uh, flub with the yeah. flash paper was Oh, yeah, something. I mean, I'm not overlooking all that, but I still think yeah. it's a pretty damn good pay-per-view. The last like if I paid money nowadays to watch this, I probably wouldn't be mad about it. But it was kind of frustrating. But yeah, the last two matches I thought were good. The opening match was good. 
Uh, I mean, I feel like the ending of the first and last match kind of uh, brought it down a little bit for me. But I don't know. And the stuff in between wasn't great. But I don't know. I would all say all, uh, go watch the Austin Bret Hart match. It's a forgotten match in their epic rivalry. It's yeah, really forgotten. And I, Definitely watch the last two matches. Uh, those are well worth the watch. Uh, good quality stuff there. If you're an Owen and Bulldog fan, dude, they're all over the place in this paper. You so no, no one even there. It was Owen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but yeah, so that does it for a Revenge of the Taker. That is in your house fourteen. We've got other in your houses in the uh, archives. If anybody wants to go back and check those out, we've done. Quite a few of them. Degeneration X, uh, Canadian Stampede. I can't even remember all of them, but yeah. I haven't done its time yet. You know, I'm pushing for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody <laughs> wants to see that. But this is not the only show of the week we're doing, ladies and gents. This Friday is actually our bonus show of the month. Oh, what a hell of a bonus it is. <laughs> Damn right, Look, man. bonus is supposed to be like, this is what you get for being like doing a good job or, you know, something good. And we're giving them this. <laughs> hey, I, I never promised that. All right. I uh, but, did. I'm playing this to basic uh, definition of a bonus. <laughs> hey, bonus is what you make it, man. Uh, but for the bonus show, we're covering a nitro and one specific nitro in particular. It is from April 10th, 2000. And if you're thinking, WCW in 2000. Why? Well, uh, this is the reboot. They bring out Eric Bischoff and uh, Vince Russo to work together. And that reboot is not yeah. the current um, Matt Cardona move, by the way. Yeah, right. No, this is this is like uh, when you hear reboot nowadays and you just kind of cringe because you're like, oh, God, it's not going to be good, is it? <laughs> you know how like when you get like a really bad virus in your computer, you got to mm-hmm. reboot it? And then when you reboot it, it's like worse than before. It's the blue screen of death. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like that. (laughs) Yeah, this sucked. Uh, But we're uh, we're gonna cover it. It's uh, yeah, that's coming up. I'm gonna tell everybody right now. (laughs) This is going to be a a fun news heavy episode. Most likely, because this show is not gonna be getting any star ratings for or any uh, ratings from me because it's not. Yeah. I, no, mean, I, 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 I did write them all down. I'm like, it's not worth it, though, because there's nothing over two. And I'm still yeah. pushing with two. <laughs> Looking ahead at the, like, because I wrote down the, the time stamps for all the matches. And I'm like, I don't, like, nothing breaks six minutes. <laughs> it's, it's like, mind-boggling. On a, this is a three-hour Nitro, isn't it? Was it three? I don't remember. I'm going to say yes, but. I don't really I watch, watch times when I'm watching these back. I just play it and write down. Yeah, oh. I I'm hoping it's not one of the three hour nitros. I don't remember when they started that, but knowing my luck, it probably is. They definitely did did nitro three hours before this because Goldberg's title win was on a three hour nitro, which is ninety eight. I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they got rid of it by now. I'm gonna say this is two. I hope to God. <laughs> uh, but oh, you uh, haven't watched it back yet? No, not yet. Oh, I'm, okay. That's what I'm wondering why you're confused. Okay, now I get it. Okay. Yeah. No, I I still gotta watch and I. I've been dreading it, so I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I like to watch. Anyway, April uh, 27th is our last show of the month. 
That is going to be another lockdown. We're getting two in this month. It's TNA Lockdown 2012 for the 10-year anniversary. Watch Happy out. That may be a good show. Maybe. It, it might be. Did you watch it back yet? Oh, I'm already dude. I'm already on May, dude. Yeah. That's what that's what I thought. So I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you're just I don't want to give it away reveal yet. Yep. Okay. Uh, I I liked some stuff out of TNA around this time. So I I saw the card. It looked pretty decent. So I'm looking forward to at least watching it. I always have fun with these. So we'll check that out when we get I'm to sure, it. By the way, I like to watch. Yeah, yeah. Now on the, I think it's on the Redbubble store. It's definitely on the, uh, uh, or no, I, I, or I'm sorry. I think it's on the Bonfire store. It's definitely on the Redbubble store. So go check that up uh, on our Linktree account and all that good stuff. Yeah, that closes out the month of April. Next week we'll tell you what's to come in May. Kind of excited about some of this. Not so excited about other. Ones. There is one on here that I am super juiced about. Yeah, I am excited about our first show of May because it's actually going to be our 100th episode. That would now, be the one. Obviously, we have more than 100 episodes in the can if you count the bonus shows, but minus the bonus shows, this is episode number 100 uh, on May 4th, and we'll tell you about it next week. Looking forward to that. And our actual anniversary show uh, is going to be our 104th, and that is going to be on June 1st. And I don't know if I told you what's coming up on that date yet, but it's, well, it's got to be Great American Bash 2004, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, from one of the worst favorites of all time, mind you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah, I'll tell you uh, after this what I'm planning for it. Uh, it's going to be a big one for our two-year anniversary. Stoked. But uh, that is all for today. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you all this Friday with the Nitro reboot from April 10th, 2000, and next Wednesday for TNA Lockdown 2012. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 